To another episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 23. This is Alex Beaudry back with me, back in your lives, as Ariel Helwani would say, Mr. Mike Corwin. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> Good. How are you doing, man? Thanks Good. for having me back. Yeah, I gotta throw in the uh the credit to Ariel because he's like a big time MMA podcaster guy, and I don't want to be accused of stealing his line because his line is back in your life but it's a good one so i stole it i have to say you're 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 all about the copyright laws it's law on school the podcast. Man. it's it's law school yeah. they they ingrain in you like not to break any rules it is black and white like either it is or it isn't yeah on this podcast i love it yes and we we try and stay on the good side i don't need anybody accusing me of anything i don't want to be that guy it's so funny that we're talking about this because i just i i had somebody text me saying the whole Rogan debacle at Spotify. And, and he was like, you guys are, you guys are probably going down next judging by the things that you talk about. And I just refuse to believe that jokes on him. Someone's got to listen first. (laughs) 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 Good luck finding us. Um, not, not to mention we're squeaky clean on this podcast. Yeah. Squeaky clean. Yeah. Compared to some of those other things, you know the Rogan thing. So I'm a huge Rogan fan. It's like it sucks to watch all this. I I knew this was coming when you sign a deal that big with Spotify. Did you see his last video that he posted on Instagram? He's like apologizing. Yeah, dude, it looks like a hostage video. Like, doesn't <laughs> it, does, it? Like he's yeah. like in like this book room. He's like, I'm so sorry. I said all these bad things, and like, did first of all. Did anybody not know that Rogan said those things? He said it on his podcast. Millions of, of listeners. Millions of listeners. Like, and to like, like obviously they're trying to take him down because of the COVID stuff. And, you know, he had that podcast about Google where basically he's calling Google evil. So now he's got a target on his back. And like, yeah, could you go after him for things he said? Sure. But like, it's not like this is a secret. Um, he is who he is. And like, are you really going to sit there and accuse Joe Rogan of racism? Like that guy's had on every person of every ethnicity, every background. Some of his best friends are gay, black women, like all those comedians come from every different background. And now we're going to try and peg Rogan as a racist and And, get him kicked off of Spotify. Anti-vax who takes like experimental drugs. Yeah. Um, like everything is getting thrown at this dude. Um, it is sad to see because at some point, right? Like he's apologizing, but like, what are you like? Truly, what what are you what are you needing to apologize for? Yeah, and like, okay, sure, like maybe he said some things that he regretted twelve years ago or ten years ago, but like he openly admits, like most of those early podcasts, he was drunk and or high, and he's a comedian. Like, why are we holding yes. this comedian? Thank you. Who is an admitted comedian? He admits that he doesn't have all the answers. All he does is try and interview interesting people and then like i've seen like some other like experts and i have air quotes up that are like well he spreads misinformation about nutrition and you know covid and like okay he's a freaking comedian and a ufc commentator he's just interviewing people like if you have a different opinion get on his show refute it or start your own podcast 
like talk about it yeah i'm kind of fired up about the whole rogan thing because what i'm worried about is that be like he's either going to stop doing it because he doesn't need the money anymore or two it's going to become so watered down in corporate that what's the point of doing it anyway the the whole reason he came up was because it wasn't watered down in corporate well and the whole reason that podcast gained popularity was because they weren't watered down in corporate you could say whatever you wanted you could spout your opinions you could have on whoever you wanted as guests and now it's going to be not that or no. it could be maybe he'll hold his ground but after watching that interview or that apology on instagram i'm like here we go i've seen this movie before it's but i mean at some point right is that is that rogan doing damage control is that him coming on air saying hey listen like i'm hearing all the feedback from the world and i get it um, whether he agrees with it or not, who knows? Well, and and it's a tough spot, right? Because I think it was like there's tape of him saying the N-word and it wasn't just once. And like as a white person, that probably is a very awkward feeling. So I, I, there's probably no doubt that he's actually truly sorry for what he said eight years ago or 10 years ago, however long those clips were. But at the same time, like Jesus. He, he had Bernie Sanders on his podcast. Yes. To, to me. I don't, I mean, sure, you might be closed-minded, you might, I, who knows what a person is like, any person, not just Joe Rogan, any person, behind closed doors, you, we've talked about this before, but you get a certain person, right, in the spotlight, that person always isn't what they appear to be, to the media. Well, and not only are you not what you appear to be, but like, <clears throat> you could go back on anybody like who here is perfect and who here hasn't said something stupid most of us are lucky enough that we don't have hundreds and hundreds of hours of ourselves talking on the internet yes because most people would say things much worse than whatever joe rogan said and you're bound to find something yes so to have everybody out there online and pretend that they're all perfect and we need to you know, execute every person who's had a bad thought on in front of a microphone. It like it, that day is coming for you too. Then if you're going to play by those standards, it is. Uh, and I think you just said something not long ago about um, like, so Spotify is effectively right. Like trying to censor Joe Rogan. No, in, we don't know. We don't know. Right. Maybe Joe Rogan really is apologizing on his own behalf and, it just it f- doesn't feel that way. It feels like every other celebrity who's got caught. I mean, it was like the same thing with Kevin Hart, right? Remember him when he was supposed to host the Oscars and he got kicked off that because he had some homophobic joke or something? I don't remember this. So he was supposed to host, I believe it was the Oscars. Maybe the, are the Academy Awards and the Oscars the same thing? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. One uh, of those. If it's out of the sports arena, um, we aren't the guys to talk about it. It was apparently. one of those fancy schmancy sure, Hollywood you, elite mm-hmm. award shows. And he got kicked off like a week before because someone pulled up one of his old sets in comedy and he was making fun of gay people or something, which it's, it's co- like, like if, if you've been doing comedy for any length of time, like all those comedians are going right up to that line and crossing it. Cause that's, what's funny. And to sit there and hold them to some imaginary standard it's just stupid. It but. seems like we're picking and choosing what we want, right? Like my my mind goes to Eddie Murphy raw. Yeah. And no one's talking, no one's canceling Eddie Murphy. Yeah, well, maybe 
they don't know about it. <laughs> and maybe now they'll go back and watch that. I mean, he talks about like the gay dudes on the top of the car and, oh yeah, I mean that. San Francisco. Yes. And like, uh, it was actually just on BET last night and I fell asleep while it was on. Obviously it was really censored. So for those listening, anyone who doesn't or hasn't heard of Charlie Murphy raw, Eddie Murphy raw. Ed, yeah. I'm sorry. Eddie Murphy raw. Thank you. Um, it's a great stand-up from the '80s. It's still funny, yes. but you know, in today's like, there's no way he could get away with those jokes today. But but that's not it. It it's a different time, and yes, if you made that today, you would be crucified. But in the moment at that time, that was the reflection of society. But also, like, it's sad that we we can't just enjoy jokes anymore. Yeah. Like we it's just I don't know. We can't laugh about certain stereotypes or whether they're negative or positive. Yeah. Like it, it's it's there. You need to have some humor and you need to laugh at yourself and you need to be able to just say like, you know what? I'm white and I don't jump high. There was a whole movie made on and it. And you're a bad dancer. Yes. And like no rhythm. Yes. <laughs> and like it that's that's funny. Yeah, well, that's still funny because we're, yeah, you and I are not in a protected class or whatever. But it's just, it just sucks, man. And what scares me more is the the musicians and the celebrities that are threatening and pulling their content off of Spotify for Joe Rogan. Because to me, that that is almost like a hostage situation, in my opinion. Is you know what? I don't agree with what you're projecting. So we're just going to take it off your platform, Spotify, and like now the ball's in your court. The good news there, Spotify held their ground, at least so far. Yeah. They said, all right, Neil Young, you want to go? Like, peace. Later. Um, also, have you seen like who Neil Young's big sponsor is? No, who is it? Pfizer. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Weird how that always comes up, isn't it? It's So who's spreading misinformation and who's not, you know? Well, I can honestly say I did not expect to spend the first 10 minutes talking about Joe Rogan, Neil Young, <laughs> or uh, how society handles jokes, but here we are. Uh, and maybe your friend will be right. Maybe you and I will be the next ones to be to be canceled, but mm-hmm. stupid. Like, I don't understand. Like, if people have bad opinions, why can't people just have bad opinions? Like, why does everybody need to be 100% correct? Or, and, or why can't you just have an open conversation with opposing viewpoints and not turn into like you're wrong or like so you need you're to be, intolerant. And now you need to be deplatformed. Yes. Yeah. Like now you like can't you talk can't about it. No. Right. Like it. Not to mention who knows what's right. All of this stuff is nuanced. And like if you're going to point to someone being like a racist or a homophobe or, you know, pick your favorite insult of today's terms, like doesn't intent matter? It should. Like. It's so so hard to, but as an attorney, isn't intent one of the hardest things to prove? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but now people don't even try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's now it's just easy to throw that around and you try and ruin somebody because it's a label, yeah. right? And it's a label that sticks. And most people, when they're called those things, don't know how to handle that. I, I mean, could you imagine kind of, like being someone of Rogan's stature, and now all of a sudden you have hundreds. Th- if not thousands of people online calling you a racist and 
Like they can't feel comfortable. No. And this is going to be probably like one of the hottest takes on this podcast, but think about how many times the CDC has changed guidelines or how many times who has changed guidelines on what is and isn't right. Well, it's the same thing too. Like scientists don't agree on COVID. Whatever your opinion is, you can find a scientist who agrees with your opinion. Yeah. And you can also find a scientist who doesn't. I don't know about you, but I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. Smooth-brained over here as well. (laughs) I mean, I have my opinions, but they're most likely wrong. But does that mean that if you have a different scientist who's a different opinion, you're no longer following the science or that scientist should be deplatformed? Like, that's what science is, and you should be able to debate things in in open and now with the internet it should be even easier because then you can get all of these different opinions out there and then hopefully the whole point of the first amendment is that the best idea comes to the top Mm -hmm. and you go from there so i don't know it's yeah uh, um clearly clearly i think listeners here know um what side we're on in terms of the Joe Rogan Spotify debacle. So Um, we'll see where that goes and we'll see if, uh, if they come for us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Save your money, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. You got bigger fish to fry. Well, with that, we'll talk about racism later because the NFL (laughs) has got a a problem on their hands. Um, and maybe they'll be apologizing like, uh, Joe Rogan on Instagram. Uh, but first, Mike, let's talk. Um, we made some predictions last week. We don't need to touch on those. No, do we? we do because you're mm-hmm. wrong again. Yep. <laughs> uh, I I don't think I've gotten a playoff game correct after after the first week of you, playoffs. You've, you've gone over six the last two weeks. Cold. Uh freezing. You, however. Yeah. Well, I went one and one. Uh, you and I were talking right before we jumped on here. Uh, we both were like because we were recording. It was twenty-one, I think, to three or 17 to three or something like that in that Mm -hmm. Bengals chiefs game. And we're like, okay, well it'll be fun to see like a Rams chiefs super bowl. Right. And we both just completely wrote off the Bengals and shame on us because Joe came, uh, came firing back and won an overtime game, which was super exciting. Good game. That was, that was a really exciting game to watch. And then we had the rematch between the Rams and the 49ers. You kind of rode the hot team, which was the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I picked the Rams because I won't pick against them for the rest of the year. And nope. they're continuing to prove they're showing me right. Up. Yeah, they're showing up. So, um, oh, where was I going to go with that? I wanted to go somewhere back to the... Uh, we were going to talk... Playoff predictions. Yeah, but I want to talk about Cincinnati and Chiefs for a specific reason. Oh, was it something with Mahomes? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Since we're on Mahomes, is the Jackson Mahomes curse real? Somebody must have lifted it. Three points and a half. So it's like it's like Mahomes would go off, and then that team would just disappear for ten minutes at a time. Jackson Mahomes is the stereotypical like perfect scapegoat for any conspiracy surrounding the chiefs like the second jackson mahomes i'm convinced of this by the way um this is science it's (laughs) it's not but i'm convinced every time jackson mahomes steps out of the box or stops watching the game something great happens oh so you think like 
when they throw like an 80 yard touchdown, it's because Jackson Mahomes was in the bathroom. Missed it. Yep. Yeah. He's somewhere else. Going to get a pretzel. <laughs> Pre- yep. Yep. He's getting a hot pretzel <laughs> for the box. <laughs> uh, too funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's lifted, to be honest. Um, like, he, Patrick played well the last couple weeks in the playoffs. Like, did they win the game? No. Did he have a bad game, though? it's just it's interesting because like that first half he looks unstoppable and then you go a whole half scoring three points yeah that doesn't happen to guys like patrick mahomes normally why do you think that is like how no the packers would go through stretches like that the problem is like when you get to the playoffs like there's the tension is so high that like and momentum is such a big thing we're like that's why I think most teams who have like the number one offense, it's not guaranteed for success. Mm-hmm. Where if you have the number one defense, it's much more likely that you can make a deep run. Defense wins championships, right? That's what they say. Just kind of how I feel about that. But yeah, weird that they could look so unstoppable and then just shut down for a whole half. Oh, I know where I was going to go with that before I forget again. Full circle. Perfect. Um, overtime rules. Oh, they have a debate. Yeah, so if the Chiefs, because they got the ball first in the Bengals game, mm-hmm. if they go down and score and win the game, do you think the NFL would have changed its overtime rules? Oh. Because then you would have had the Chiefs win in back-to-back overtime games both times because they got the ball first. I definitely think there would be a roundtable meeting about a potential rule change. What about now? Now the Bengals got to stop, got the ball back, and they won. Do you still think there's that roundtable discussion on overtime rule changes? There is, but I think it it is it is significantly surrounding viewership, and like, I I mean I think the NFL's genius in terms of marketing. I think that is a conversation that's had, but it's a conversation that's had with like a lot of strategy. I think if. I think if the Chiefs would have gone down and scored our touchdown and won right away, I think there would have been calls. And I think they, you're right, there they at least would have been meetings about it. I don't know if anything would have happened. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think that's going to happen. No. And, I mean, it's exciting, right? Like, whether you change the rule or don't change the rule, I don't know. Do you have a stance on it? I wish they would go to, like, a college. So, the t- so start the ball on the 25 because um, then it diminishes who, who wins the coin toss. I think if you win the coin toss, you have a significant. I would love to see like any any stat like there has been a study on that. I would love to see how many times the team that wins the coin toss and receives the ball in the NFL in overtime, how many of those teams go on to eventually win that game. And I would be willing to bet it's o- like it, well over fifty percent. Not well over. So, um, but I think it's over 50%. Hold on. I got a Mm -hmm. study here. So, during the regular season, oh, yeah, that's also true. Coin toss winners ended up winning 52.8% of the times. So, Mm. basically 50 50. Still is a coin toss, yeah. In the playoffs. Coin toss winners are ten and one. Seven of the ten winners scored at the sudden death touchdown in the opening drive. 
See, and that's that's where I think this rule change might might be more significant because really you play an entire game and it comes down to winning or losing a coin toss. Yeah, that sucks. And you know, there are a lot of people that say, well, do your job on defense, get a stop. Mm. I get it, but man, like I just love the college overtime. Put the ball on 25. And the best part is like if you like get go three and out, you can still kick a field goal. Puts a lot of pressure on it. Yep. Um, if you want to make it more exciting, make every team go for two. Like every play then really matters and at least both teams get a chance. And then it's sudden death. Yeah, right, right from the go, you know. For those listeners that don't know the college football playoff rules versus the NFL rules, um, college football playoff starts you on the on your opponent's 25-yard line yep. and you are able to score. So you have to just drive 25 yards. If you score a touchdown, the game is not over the other team gets the ball on the 25 yard line and they get an opportunity. And if they end up scoring or matching what you scored, then it becomes the NFL sudden death rule. Well, and now like, think about it this way. You have, I would say a third of the teams that are heavy into analytics. So like you score first, the other team kicks an extra point. Now you score. Do you go for two and try and win it? Yep. Do you extend over time? Like it just makes it all, all those decisions matter. I just think it's a better way of doing overtime. I don't think we're going to get a change this year. I don't think this year. Uh, but to answer your question, I think I think there will be meetings on this topic. Oh, everybody loves a good meeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, NFL is going to be meeting happy this offseason, aren't they? Yeah, they're and they won't be happy meetings. No. Like, like they won't be. And like, they'll be lawyer-run meetings, yeah. which are never good meetings. Uh, so sterile and like monotone and boring, like is what I'm envisioning. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. All right. Um, Do you want to do a Super Bowl prediction or do you want to wait? Yeah, we can do one this week and then we can confer. We pencil them in this week and then confirm them. I mean, I'm going Rams. Can't pick against McVay now. He got me this far. Oh, man. Rams Rams have been my team since like like regular season and they've I've I've picked against them in the playoffs. Uh, They're hot. I think I think so it's, are the Bengals though. <laughs> I was talking about this with Clint on the Thursday episode. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is the first player ever to win a Heisman, a national championship, and make it to a Super Bowl all in the span of three years. That's incredible. And if you think about it, he missed half or most of his rookie year with that ACL injury. Yeah. So this is like his rookie season. Guy's a winner. Joe Shiesty, man. Yeah, Joe they, some, Somebody had already started comparisons to Tom Brady. <laughs> I think that's a little ridiculous. That's absurd. <laughs> and we'll see what happens like in year five when Joe Burrow starts making real money if the Bengals are able to keep it up. Yeah. Uh, plus, like the AFC's loaded with young quarterback talent. Mm-hmm. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert. If Rodgers goes to Denver... Mm-hmm. I, Where does Rusty I mean, go? Um, I mean, l- list goes on, right? Like I think about Vegas. Yeah, Derek Carr. Carr. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of great talent. What there. happens if with Deshaun Watson? If he comes back, true. So who are you picking? Oh, Rams. Rams. Okay, yeah. we both have the Rams, which means to go put your money on on Cincy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, do we know the spread right now? Uh, I don't know what the line opened at. Super Bowl spread. Let's see. 
It is four and a half. L.A. And they're at home. Which yeah, it's is, a home game. Which is just intriguing. Cause Have you looked at ticket prices? You can't get into the stadium for under five Gs. It is insane. Yeah. Uh, I love the Odell Beckham move. He like gifted like 19 Super Bowl tickets to... Um, it was like warehouse staff of a particular company. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk more about Super Bowl next week. Um, here we have plenty to talk about. So you and I talked, and this gets back to racism, everybody's favorite topic. Um, we had talked last week about um, the head coaching vacancies, and you and I had kind of talked like, you know, I had said originally didn't really think much was going on there, uh, specifically around black coaches. Yes, we're down to one, but there were nine vacancies open, a lot of black candidates. I thought by the time that this would blow over, we would go back to having three, four, five African-American coaches. Well, fast forward less than a week, there's now six of those vacancies have been filled, all white dudes. And there's a little lawsuit that people may have heard about with uh, Brian Flores, who was fired from the Miami Dolphins, and he's claiming racial discrimination because of it. And, man, it doesn't look good for the NFL. Stinky cologne right now for the NFL. Well, and that's not to say that Brian Flores is going to be successful in his lawsuit because, as you mentioned, it's very hard to prove intent. It's very hard to prove discrimination like unless you have actual evidence of a coach or a excuse me a general manager or a team expressly choosing someone or not choosing someone because of their race it's very hard to win that lawsuit like he's he's pointing out a lot of what i would call like circumstantial evidence mm-hmm. like like he was talking about denver and John Elway showed up an hour late and he was disheveled oh, yeah. and hung over and didn't take it seriously. And, you know, Elway released his statement saying, like, we were traveling. We tried to make his time slot work. We gave him a three-hour interview. But who, I mean, just because you walk into a meeting with, with your shirt untucked? Yeah, does that mean... Are you are, are you are racist? You racist? Like no, like it, it it could be any. Could it be that they just took that interview to fill a quota for the NFL? It could be. It could also be that John Elway maybe stayed up late the night before for whatever reason. He was not feeling well. He had a like sick grandchild. Like whatever the case may be, um, that that doesn't prove that it w- it was just a bullshit meeting. And. Was it just a bullshit meeting? It could be. Maybe. It could be. But like you said, it's very hard to prove. Um, I just, this whole thing seems so weird. Like if you would asked me two weeks ago. You called, like you called this because we were taught, you're right. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was episode 20 or 21. Um, and you actually brought it up. You were like, it'll be interesting to see because there have not been many African-American coaches that have been hired um, and, and you kind of alluded to this and then it was, I think the next day that the Brian Flores stuff yeah. dropped. Well, because it started to look fishy, right? Like, okay. Like Brian Flores gets fired. 
He went eight and one his last nine games. That doesn't seem like a guy who should get, should get fired. Mm-hmm. And then I looked, I thought about it looking back, and ESPN actually did a piece on this. Lovey Smith got fired after going ten and six. Tony Dungy got fired after making the playoffs. Like all these like coaches, black coaches specifically who had winning seasons or winning ten years, they all like seem to have a shorter leash. And I, again, I don't know if that's truly racism or if the owners thought that you know they had teams that were better than their record showed. Like who knows. It's just, it doesn't feel right. And what's funny is, so Flores released this um, this very long, um, complaint's not the right word. Um, man, my brain's crap today. Um, Was it just like a note? He, no, like a, his, his lawsuit. He, um, Jesus, whatever. In his lawsuit... Um, where he alleged all these different things, you know, he he talks about how he was just getting interviews for the Rooney Rule. For those of you who don't know the Rooney Rule, you have to interview um, at least a minority candidate, whether it's for a head coach or like a general manager. But you know, he's talking about how most of these teams just treat it as like a procedure. Like he talked, <laughs> Bill Belichick of all people. Did you see the Bill Belichick text? I didn't. So it was in the um, document. Bill Belichick sent Brian Flores a text that said, Hey, congrats on the Giants job. And Brian Flores was like, Well, like, thanks, coach, but like, I have an interview tomorrow. Like, I haven't gotten it yet, but I feel good about it. And then Belichick responded something along the lines like, Oh, well, I know the guys there. They told me they really liked you and like, you got it. And then, like, a little bit later, Belichick's like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that, like, my bad. He was meaning to text Brian Dabble, oh, not wow. Brian Flores. Oh, wow. Which is hilarious to me because you and I made fun of Belichick texting on this show yes. when we were talking yes. about best coaches ever. <laughs> and it turns out an old white guy who can't figure out how to text was texting the wrong Coach Brian. T- dude t9 texting has got to be really hard on a flip phone but, in 2021 but so you know flores was using that as like see this is a sham process and i do think teams do that like if they have a guy in mind but they still have to interview someone else they probably are just going through the motions so that's why i don't like the rooney rule mm-hmm. because it can be circumvented pretty easily but at the same time i don't know what else to do like it's clear that at least at this point, with this current group of owners, I don't want to speak in the past, but with this current group of owners, it it seems to be clear that black coaches aren't getting the same shake as white coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a tough subject, and right, like what what makes Tomlin? Because Mike Tomlin is now, I don't want to use the word untouchable, but probably the most secure in his coaching position today which he should he's never had a losing season in 15 years yes so like performance wise fantastic um like what what makes pittsburgh that team that ownership different than other like the nfl has always been a really close-lipped like close to the chest organization that like keeps things really internal um you have to vote owners in right like or like if there's a new owner the current owners have to vote to elect whether like that owner can actually buy into the NFL right yeah. 
Um, well, and the problem too with owners is the price of these franchises is only going up. I think Denver, so Denver is up for sale. Oh, three billion, four billion. I don't know how much it's going to take to buy the Denver Broncos. It's going to be a ton. It's not going to be like the old days where Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys for fifty million dollars or mm-hmm. whatever it was. So, like, think about the pool of potential owners. Yeah. Um, like, where does that go from there? And like, you know, it would be great, I think, for the NFL if they could have a black owner. Like, think about that. Would be good for diversity. That'd be huge. Um. Can that happen in Denver? Is there a buyer that would be out there for it? That would probably be the best case scenario because right now it's it's not that. Mm-hmm. I think you'd have a couple minority owners, but they're not black. Like Khan, I don't know what is he Indian. I don't know his ethnicity. So yeah, I I want to say he's from Dubai. Dubai, um, and he owns like three sports teams. Um, but other than him, is it all white guys and a white woman? Oh, McCaskies yeah. in yes. Chicago. Because right now you have an you have an ownership problem. Like everybody thinks it's an NFL problem, but really it's just thirty one people that control all of this. Yes, right. Sahid Khan is um, Pakistani. Okay, interesting. Um, so I don't know. And then. Could the NFL have botched this any worse? So Flores releases his lawsuit. Like two hours later, the NFL releases a statement saying, you know, we've made all these strides and we will defend these claims. They are, quote unquote, without merit. Mm -hmm. Two days later, Roger Goodell issues a memo to all 32 teams saying we need to be better. We need to be more diverse. Um, He was going to send that memo no matter what, right? Like... Well, and the worst part is, um, I could totally see the NFL side note. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I could totally see the NFL just being the month that it is black history month. And like, I could totally see the NFL sticking behind that and saying, you know what? We were actually going to focus DEI efforts on like diversity and inclusion for hiring because of the month that it is. I could totally see them coming out and hiding behind that. Well, I mean, let's be clear, right? The NFL doesn't care about diversity. They don't care. Honestly, they wouldn't care if they had 32 black coaches. They care about the Benjamins. That's right. You're you're doing the, the gesture over there. Mm-hmm. That's all they care about. So they will literally do and say anything that helps their image and helps their brand. And right now they're in a brand crisis, which is why Roger Goodell wrote that memo. And... Are they in a crisis, like a brand a, a brand crisis? Well, no, no, that's a good point because viewership has never been higher, and that's all the NFL cares about is TV ratings because mm-hmm. that's where the money is. They had fifty million people watch the championships games last week. It's fifty insane. million. That is insane. You could see over a hundred million people watch the Super Bowl next weekend. There's what three hundred and thirty million people Just in, this in the country. US. And then think about worldwide with this what the Super Bowl brings in. I mean. Honestly, the networks probably got a, a bargain for mm-hmm. what they what they paid in those new TV deals. So you're right. Do, does the NFL really think they have a crisis? Mm, don't know. But you have this lawsuit going on. We're going to talk about the Washington football team scandal because now Congress is going after them. Commanders. 
the Commanders, yes, but back when this started, they were still the mm, football team. Actually, yes. this might, they might have been the Redskins. We might have to span three different names during this investigation. Wait. I can't wait for us to butcher all three of the names, too. You know, going back to the Rogan canceled, <laughs> wouldn't it be something if we get canceled for using for Redskins? Redskins? But, like, it was, I mean, we're talking about something in 2016. Dan so, Snyder strikes again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Spotify, listen to this exact moment. Yeah. Um, we're just referencing a name that was actually a name in the past. And we're really sorry. Yeah. 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 We're, we're so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. So there were nine head coaching vacancies. We're down to three. Mm-hmm. Miami, Houston, and New Orleans. Let's talk about Houston for a second. We talked about this last week. It looks like they're going to hire Josh McCown, another white guy. He's, he's a favorite, too. That leaves Miami and New Orleans. Miami just fired a black guy who so, went 8-1 and one his last nine games. What are the odds they hire a black coach? Uh, uh, Zero? There's, there's – I don't see um, the opposite. Wait, repeat your question. So what are the odds that What are the do? odds that they do hire a black oh, coach? I'm, I'm in the opposite boat. 100%. I don't know that they don't hire a minority coach. I well, you can disagree if, with it. I I from the standpoint that if Brian Flores was truly fired for nefarious reasons, why would they go and hire a black coach? Or maybe this is their way of getting out of it and saying, "No, we're not racist. See, yes. we hired we hired we fired him, but we're going to hire this other guy." Whoever else. Yeah. So Okay, so Houston is looking like they're going to hire a white guy. <clears throat> Minnesota just hired Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell, is that his name? Kevin. Mm. Should really be better with these names. A white guy. That leaves potentially New Orleans. Where does New, New Orleans go? Could we go nine for nine white coaches? I think we... I, I think that's where we were heading before this. Now you think one or two? I think there's yeah I dominoes think there's will a, fall. At least one. Uh, it would be insane if Brian Flores does not have a job. Mm-hmm. If you would have told me three weeks ago or whenever he got fired from Miami, I thought he would be like the first person to get a job wherever he wanted. He's a good he was coach. A favorite, yeah, um, and he's strong. So what's what's really truly remarkable if. I mean, all of this is alleged at the moment, but if ownership was actually offering, so there's a rumor that the Miami owners were offering a hundred thousand dollars for every loss per loss. Yep. Um, and 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 that's just super intriguing because Brian Flores went nine nine and zero, eight and one, eight. So he went eight and one in his final nine games. Yeah. Uh, and that's with like a nice little bonus incentive to lose games, which which is even more intriguing because it would give Miami the actual reason to get him out of town. Yes. And he didn't take it and he won and they still let him go. I know. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, bizarre. And also, you want to talk about integrity of the game, NFL? You have owners allegedly giving incentives to tank like that's a bigger problem. Well, I don't know if it's a bigger problem. It's as big of a problem as your diversity issue. This whole thing stinks like shit, man. It's it. I, it kind of reminds me of like the NBA rule, where it's like the no tanking rule, or like you can't rest. But you know it's happening. They're just 
there you're you're putting a a questionable mark on 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 a player well, that needs rest. And then let's take this one step further. Before, like gambling was a big no no, right? Well, now half these teams are sponsored by gambling organizations. The NFL has mm. gambling. Like, what's going to stop an owner from throwing games that re- that way? Um, players point. can't do it. Why can teams have sponsorships? Why can't players then have sponsorships with BetMGM or Caesars or Barstool? That's a good point. Um, Pen, you know, whatever. Like, it's just the whole thing. Like, if you're going to, like, talk about integrity of the game, not to mention, like, I feel bad for all those players. If this is true and he was offered a hundred grand, think about how many careers could be ruined mm-hmm. because you're trying to lose a couple extra games so you get a better draft pick. Like it's not like the NBA where everybody knows that you're doing it. That's such a good point. Like the downstream effects of yes. those decisions. If you're wide receiver number two on a team that's actively trying to tank, are they throwing you the ball? And then how does that help you when you hit free agency? It mm-hmm. doesn't. Well, it impacts your bottom line. Yes, right? 100%. Your career could be over. When that yeah. when you become that free agent, it's just uh, there's so much that goes into this, and I don't know if this lawsuit's going to go anywhere again. If you want to follow a good Twitter follow, there's a um, a podcast and a Twitter account called Conduct Detrimental. It's a bunch of sports attorneys, and they go into much greater and much more specific detail on this. Give them a follow. Um, yeah, this whole thing just stinks, though, and the NFL's. I think got a real problem. Even if they win the lawsuit, um, it's. Still, I'm. I mean, is do you think that there's a a scenario where the NFL can continue with the way things are being run today without pro- implementing a rule? The problem is, I don't know what you do about it. What What more can the NFL do? Like you already force teams to interview a candidate. Mm-hmm. Well, whether or not it's legitimate or not, you interview a candidate. Like you can't. I don't believe that someone should get the job just because of their race. Like I don't think Brian Flores should have a job because he's black. I think Brian Flores should have a job because he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Those are two very different things. So, like outside of like forcing teams to hire certain candidates, which what you can't do that, right? I don't know what more you could do. Maybe some sort of incentive. You get an extra, but like if you hire a man, well, kind of. They have like that, like uh, if like you retention. promote, yes, promote and like retention, like for a draft pick. But maybe you could elaborate on that to incentivize. Yeah, like if you hire someone, you get it. But then, like you're giving teams a, a competitive advantage. I don't know. It's it, it's a tough spot. It's just it's weird that in 2022 you and I are even having this discussion. Yeah, especially since there have been so many successful black coaches. Like we talked about, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in 15 years. I love that you came full circle on that. Yes, that's a good point. Like it's not like black coaches are any different than white coaches. In fact, if anything, you might have black coaches that are better able to relate to players because 70 percent of the league is African American. Yeah. It's, uh, you're spot on, and and it's making me think of something. You bringing up Tomlin again, silent during this entire affair, right? Which is which is interesting because there's another coach, Hugh Jackson, yeah, who's not that that has not been silent and has been irrelevant in the NFL for years after going three thirty six and one. 
He won three games as an NFL coach in three seasons in Cleveland. Well, and he came out and originally implied that he had a similar deal to Flores oh, yeah. where he was getting paid for losses, which that would make a lot more sense. It, well, but, he was offered $50,000 per loss. But then loss. he retracted that and said he was never offered anything. He's kind of backtracking a little bit. But but the the last part of that, when he backtracked those comments, he said that the truth will inevitably come out. Which is just like famous last words of a man that like tried to get a like to me this was Hugh Jackson trying to become relevant again to get a head coaching position at a time when hiring a minority coach has the media appeal. Yeah, but if anybody should not have a job, it's Hugh Jackson. Like three and thirty six speaks for ridiculous. It doesn't help that he was stuck in Cleveland, and we can. You know, talk about whether it was him or owners or whatever. But God, his record was not good. (laughs) And and like all of the snafus that like ensued in Cleveland with it, like when he got fired, and I'm just on dog pound right now reading this, when he got fired, the owners, Dorsey and Jimmy Haslam, he kicked him out of his office after they fired him. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's a power move. I don't know. It just reminds me of the entourage, like Ari, um, I'm forgetting his name, but the guy that owns the Sloan's dad. Yeah. Um, it'll come to me yeah. like 30 minutes from now. Yep. Uh, where he's like, come up. No, you come down. <laughs> yeah, yes. Huh? Yeah. Like whose who's office do you want to do this in? Like, no, neutral ground. Oh That's my God. Conference room. So yeah, that it, it is, it is wild. Just how, how like vastly absurd this has gotten from like you fired a coach that went eight and one in your final games. Probably most of those games were divisional games. Miami plays in a division that is really good now. Like there's, they're, they're not down. They're not the, I mean, they're not the division that they were when Tom Brady was in new England. And they did get, they had some good luck. Like they played, um, who did they, I'm pulling up their schedule right now. They played like a couple teams like with their quarterbacks out on COVID. I mean, they had kind of like what I would call good luck. Mm-hmm. But it's still the NFL and going 8-1 and one during any stretch. It's impressive. It's good. So they beat – these are their last nine games. Houston, Baltimore, that's who it was because they, um, they beat Baltimore without Lamar. That was right after – I think he hurt his ankle. They beat the Jets, Carolina, the Giants, the Jets, New Orleans. They lost to Tennessee, and they beat New England. So New England's probably the only good win there. Um, but still, they went 9-8, and eight, winning record. Um, tale of two halves, man. They, they were 1-7, and seven, and they finished 9-8. and eight. And that's with Tua's injuries. Yeah, and they almost made the playoffs. <laughs> wow. And now he's looking for a new job. And with this lawsuit, he might not get it. There might be, like, well, there's only three openings left. And do these owners want to bring this media circus to town right now? Yeah. It's, uh, so, sticking on Brian Flores and, like, just this entire saga do you do you think he has a job 
at the start of next season? Well, it's not going to be Miami. So there's only two spots open. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be Houston or New Orleans. He's, I mean, he's a finalist with McCown in Houston. I think he was going to get hired anywhere. It's going to be New Orleans. Okay. So I think <coughs> Houston makes a lot of sense for him because that's who Deshaun Watson wanted to play for. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Deshaun wanted to get traded to Miami specifically because he wanted to play for Brian Flores. I remember those rumors. Yeah. It sounds like Houston's going to be done with Deshaun Watson no matter what. So I don't think they're going to be like a month ago. I would have said it makes sense for Houston to go get him because then you get Deshaun's guy. Maybe Deshaun's happy and you can move on. But it sounds like Houston is going to try and trade Deshaun no matter what. So then you don't really give a you don't care what Deshaun wants because he's not going to be there. Or or do you leverage this hire and now Deshaun Watson becomes way lesser of a story because you hired Brian Flores. In and now you can play Deshaun? Maybe. I don't know. Like, hey, we hired a minority coach who can relate to our guy. He's going to be a mentor and like... And this right, is who like, Deshaun wanted to play with. It, it, that that could be a narrative that I think Houston could fall back on if if they went that route, since they do have some chemistry, Flores and uh, Deshaun Watson. But, or flip side, now New Orleans has a ton of salary cap question marks, but do they hire Flores and try and work something out to get Watson. Deshaun? Yeah, that's a good point. Um. And then Miami will go whatever direction Miami's going to go. So, th- so there's there's three openings left. Right now we have one black coach. That's Tomlin. Mm-hmm. When this is all said and done, how many do we have? I think there's one more that gets hired. One out of th- one out of these three spots. Um, it, it's got to be New Orleans. Or or to your point, maybe be. it's Miami to do some saving face with the PR. Yeah. So let's let's walk down that scenario because that's an interesting one, right? Miami hires a black coach to say, no, 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 we're not racist. Yeah. We just didn't like Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. So look at, we hired Byron Leftwich. I don't know. I made up a name there. Sure. How long does that coach last in Miami? It's a good, like that leash has to be longer than one, one season, which is all Brian got, right? Uh, Flores. Brian had a couple seasons. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he made he the playoffs. 20, and he went 24 and 25. So, so three seasons. So he was there for three seasons. Yeah. Let me backtrack those words. Yeah, good call out. Um, but the coach for Houston, who was also black, he was only there for one, one season. One year. That's who I'm thinking of then. And what a shit stick that guy got. Like, hey, we're gonna compl- we're not going to let you play our star quarterback because he's got his own issues. And we're just going to bring in 50 free agents all on one-year deals. And it, here, patch this lineup together. Oh, and then when you go 4-12, and 12, you're going you're gonna to get fired. Like, that guy never even had a chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It it I would just be know. it would be so intriguing to team up a Flores and a Deshaun Watson because you're in the media for entirely different reasons. Well, it'll also be interesting. Like we could probably do a whole episode on Deshaun. Like what comes of Deshaun Watson? Like we talked about Antonio Brown, like does he play again? Which apparently there's a couple teams kicking the tires there, if you can believe that. I can't. I can't, but <laughs> but wow. Um, but what about Deshaun? So what comes of his legal issues? It sounds like he's settled already most of these 
allegations against him. If he's able to settle all 22, 23 of them, and I giggle because that is a shit ton of sexual harassment slash assault allegations. Mm -hmm. But if he's able to settle all of that in civil court or before it ever gets to civil court, does Deshaun Watson play another snap in the NFL? Oh, wow. If, if those things get settled, yes. What about if it goes to civil trial? Right now, if you remember, there have not been any criminal charges pressed against Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. Everything is being handled in civil court. I'm just trying to use historical references to like when things have gone to civil court and players that have come back to play. There have been criminal charges that players have faced that like Jerry Jones has taken a stab at players on. Um, one one fights in the UFC now. I can't think yeah, of his name. Um, uh, Hardy, Greg Hardy. Yes. Um, like Ezekiel Elliott was tied to domestic abuse rumors a few years back before he signed his big deal. Um, Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown's another one. Ezekiel Elliott. Did you say him? Yeah. Um, Ben Roethlisberger. Another one. Uh, so it's. Did Ray Rice play? He he's he like mentors like new new like incoming NFL players now and like the right Are, things to do. Ray Rice. Ray Rice never played in the NFL after, after he hit his now wife. Oh, they're married now. Yeah, what a mess that is. Wow. I wonder, God, we're going down some paths that are probably going to get us in trouble. I wonder if Ray Rice would have gotten in as much trouble if there wasn't video. Because the video of that was oh, it was It, it was awful. a bad look. It was a bad look. Yeah, well, hitting women is always a bad look. But when you like actually visually see him knock her out and then drag her off the elevator. There's no... But I wonder, like, if he just would have gotten like arrested and whatever, without any video, I bet you his suspension probably would have been like six games. Mm -hmm. And yeah, let, I'm, I mean, let me clarify that, right? Like, yeah, domestic abuse of any sort isn't great, but I mean, it's it. You're bringing forth an allegation, and like, you have to give it due process. So it's just it's so different than from. It could, the human brain just works different when you're accused of something versus when you actually see something. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, there was another name, Adrian Peterson. Not quite the same, but I mean, but child abuse. the same child abuse. Um, he missed the whole season. He was suspended for that year, but he came back. He's still playing. Mm -hmm. Played a couple games this year. So I think the NFL has. I mean, even as we talk about this, they have a big track record of of forgiveness, for the lack of a better term. Uh, has has there has there been twenty three separate accounts that somebody's come? I I think that's what's unique and so many. Yeah, and oh man, I mean even massage wise, right? Like Bob Kraft got a massage. Owner, different. Yep, you're right. You're right. Uh, the video is destroyed after that. Which, how are you letting it? I mean, how are if you're Bob Kraft, how are you? You know that there's there has to be a camera rolling. How are you just okay doing that? And then also, apparently he paid like $50 for this service. Dude, <laughs> you're Bob Kraft. You have billions. You can't like... Here's $500 to never say something again. Dude. Here's $10,000. Fly to Vegas. It's legit over there. Mm -hmm. 
don't have to worry about getting in trouble in some stupid Asian massage parlor scandal. You've given this some thought. I'm just you? saying if you're billion if you're a billionaire, uh-huh. you can work around uh-huh. uh, work around this. Sure, buddy. That's the we'll 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 go with that one, Alex. <laughs> you you want to go to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, as we both have Southwest up looking at play. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh yeah, I'm gonna save that joke for another time. Um Oh man. So but, to answer uh, but this is a good segue because we're going to talk about the Washington football team slash Redskins slash commanders legal issues. Um, Before we jump. Yeah. Is minority coach higher with the three teams you asked me? I'm going to go no. You say no. I I think there is. And I think it's. Do you think it's Brian Flores or is it Byron Leftwich, Eric, BME, Todd Bowles? Flores is in someone a, else. Flores is in a really interesting situation because can can he do wrong in his situation? Yes, right. Like if allegations came out and like he's actually lying about being paid that or like that gets proven, you don't want to be the team that that has like a a, a huge Jackson two coaching. Well, team. does he get what Colin Kaepernick would call the Colin Kaepernick treatment and get blackballed now? I don't subscribe to that theory. I think Colin Kaepernick just isn't very good. And I think there's part of Colin Kaepernick that's kind of made his brand as the social justice warrior. And I don't think Colin Kaepernick actually wants to play in the NFL. That's -hmm. just my personal opinion. And maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. And and maybe his career was cut short. Like the I'm we're and we're not even saying that, that it wasn't cut short. Um, Just, I don't know. He had a tryout a couple of years ago and, just his style of play and quarterback play isn't conducive to uh, like an aging quarterback. Yeah, it's hard. And he was never like a great pocket passer. Brian Flores clearly wants to coach and he's clearly a good coach. There, uh, there is a minority hire in these three vacancies. Someone will be a minority hire. Did you see? So the San Francisco 49ers hired Anthony Lynn as like their assistant yeah. head coach the NFL tried throwing that out there like, oh, see, look, we hey, don't have a problem. Check, yeah, this out. check this out over here. Sorry, NFL, that ain't going to work. <laughs> I think. You're saying no. I'm going to say. Yeah, you're sticking to no. If it's going to be anybody, it's going to be New Orleans. Why and do my, you say that? Well, I don't think it's going to be Miami. And the the only thing that would make sense would be what you said, like PR move. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they care. Um, Houston, I think it's going to be McCown, which think about that McCown, who's never coached in college or the pros could be an NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. Part <laughs> of this, he's 39. There's a lot of success with young coaching talent today. So, yeah, but all of those coaches worked themselves through the ranks, like McVay and Lafleur and Shanahan. They all started as tight ends coach and offensive line coaches. And what, what is McCown's? Have have you checked his LinkedIn? What does he do today? He's a high school football coach. <laughs> that is a legitimate. Oh, that's man. what he does. Yeah, he, I mean, now that's he, suspect. He, he that's played sus. in the NFL until he was like thirty seven, thirty eight. Like he was kind of a journeyman backup type guy, and he played in Houston, which is where the connection started. And he, you know what? He may be a phenomenal coach, but when you're comparing resumes, one one how has is a larger that guy getting size. a job, and the other one isn't. And, mm-hmm. and let's take Brian Flores out of it for a second. Byron Leftwich, 
Todd Bowles, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, BME. Like all these guys have like legitimate coordinator positions in the NFL. Yeah. There's substantial. Hey, let's go get that guy who's playing on Friday nights. <laughs> Friday night lights it up here in Houston. Oh, man. Sisters of the Poor looked real good last week. Um, the whole thing is fishy, dude. Yeah. It is. But, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. We were going to segue. Yes. Let's go to the other NFL black eye. The Washington football team slash commanders. Congrats on the new team name. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um. It. I have a couple thoughts. Uh, first one is that it stinks. <laughs> it 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 has like XFL and like yes. movie football team yeah, name like Keanu, vibes. Keanu Reeves is going to be the quarterback. Yes, yeah, like that, or like in any given Sunday, right? Like you're the Sharks, <laughs> right? Like the, we're the Commanders, dude. Like they should have, they could have done so many good things, like Red Wolves. That's cool. Uh, anything yeah. with like the red tails like talk about diversity problems shout out to like the tuskegee airmen you know like something like that like commanders is like whatever it's better than the football team and it's it's too close to commando <laughs> like i'm sorry like it and and the color scheme is like a little are I they know. are they wearing underwear yeah i don't <laughs> think they are <laughs> um that and then so initial thought yeah it it just it plays like an XFL, like not like an NFL feel, and I can't tell if that's me being old school and like old fashioned. We got the Commanders versus the Eagles. I know it stinks. Uh, I don't know what they. I mean, whatever they were going to do was likely to stink because it's Washington. Um, what do you think about it? Yeah, it's stupid. It's the Commanders. I, I I mean, like I get it. Like you got the the president. Did you see like Ron Rivera's tweet? He's no, like, what did he say? He tweeted like at Joe Biden or like at the president of the United States Twitter account and said like, if you ever want to command our football team, we're the commanders or something like cheesy like that. <coughs> it was pretty lame. Interesting. Um, I, I'm i going to miss like the pastime. Uh, like one of America's like greatest pastimes was Cowboys playing the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Well, now you got the Cowboys playing the Commanders. Anyway, uh, so the Commanders, congrats on the new name, Washington. Uh, they had a little investigation of themselves, and it was into uh, workplace environment that went all the way up to the owner, Dan Snyder. And it's coming out. The more that comes out, it was just a complete sham of an investigation. Which, again, is not surprising because think about who's doing the investigation. Who's doing the investigation? The NFL. What are they investigating? NFL owners. Themselves. Roger Goodell is the CEO of the NFL, and he works for 31 men and women, and those are your owners. Do you think he's going to go after one of his bosses? In fact, it's, it's coming out that the NFL used this investigation into Washington to essentially craft a defense for Washington. Interesting. Well, yeah, it was interesting. And then, so not only did they not investigate it with any real vigor, I will call it, they used it as an opportunity to fire John Gruden. (laughs) And now you got Congress going, okay, now we want to see. 
which is not good for the NFL. So the NFL has until February 14th to turn over the results of their investigation. The best part about that is all of it will be public knowledge and the NFL won't be able to hide behind, you know, proprietary reasons or anything like that. We're all going to get to see. And some of the stuff I've heard, I won't say it right now because I haven't physically seen any evidence, but it does not look good for Dan Snyder or the Washington football team. And I can only hope that he gets run out of town, which in a way also sucks because he'll be wealthier beyond his dreams if he's forced to sell the Washington commanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it's like the Clippers. Yeah. What uh, was that guy's name? I can't think of his name at the moment, but but he made some racist remarks uh, in like 2015, 2014. Didn't his wife out him? I think his wife ended up like filing for divorce or like stood by like not her husband. Well, she got half. Those. So they sold for, they sold the Clippers for like two Two billion, but yeah, to Balmer. I don't remember what it I is. I think it was like two point one billion, two mm-hmm. billion. So she got a cool bill out of that. Nice little payday. Yeah, I wonder what that guy's up to. Probably in a yacht somewhere. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm I, living the life and like probably confused because he was old. Yeah, right. Like, who probably knows? Calling all of his like massage parlors. He's <laughs> <laughs> calling craft for a good spot to hang out. <laughs> Oh my but God. like, but like, think about that. Like, like a player does something wrong. I saw a tweet about this. I think it was Andrew Brandt that tweeted it. Like, when when we had Deflate Gate, right? There was the Mueller report. The NFL released this sixty-page report on whether or not Tom Brady was breaking rules. Um, all these things the NFL does for player misconduct. You have Robert Kraft soliciting prostitution. You got this Washington mess. You got who knows what's going on at these several organizations that Brian Flores is, is, you know, putting these allegations. What are the odds we get a written report on any of those things? Zero. Right. And it's and again, people are going to be like, yeah, that's BS. But like, that's what happens when the NFL is allowed to investigate its own misconduct, which is what it's doing. Like you're you're doing an internal audit of yourself. Are you going to risk your brand? Your money, no. And like Goodell makes $40 million a year and the people that pay him are the people that he's supposed to be investigating. Mm-hmm. It's, it, this is a very strategically run investigation. In my opinion, this is not sub- substantiated any kind of facts. And, and the crazy thing that this all comes back to, like you just said, is about brand and money. Mm-hmm. And the NFL is not. They couldn't be stronger. Exactly. It's... Uh, Honestly, what what's what's our time frame right now? Are we we're like an just, hour? Just in? over an hour. We're an hour in talking about the NFL and all the scandals. Uh, no publicity is bad publicity, baby. And you and I are going to watch next Sunday, guaranteed. How, and so is a hundred million other people. Yes, um, worldwide. Yeah. Not. Did you see the um, Super Bowl ads are completely sold out? They were selling for seven million dollars per thirty seconds. That's completely sold out. So like NBC's making money hand over fist in ad space. Like, yes, it could come out and Brian Flores could win his lawsuit in the district court of New York or wherever. That's, I don't think it would hurt. It, it, yeah, it's, are sports kind of immune to like certain things? I'm not saying every sport, but I, I think especially the NFL, just with like all of the ups and downs that they've gone through and 
maybe maybe it's part partly and i know this is going to be like a really controversial name but maybe like with like trump no publicity is bad publicity is how he like that's his manifesto right yeah is that kind of the same the same business here with the nfl yeah you know that trump saying good publicity bad publicity Uh, the nfl clearly wants to be in the news cycle I don't think they want this though, and I certainly don't think they want Congress getting involved in the Washington thing. Yeah, that's, that's the last thing they need because they don't want any of this to be public. They want to release what they want to release, and I think the Goodell memo on the Flores stuff was showing, like, yeah, see, we're making an effort. Like, we understand we have some things to fix. We're fixing mm-hmm. it. I don't think they want Congress digging around. I don't think they want actual records being released. And if those 600,000 emails are actually released and it shows that the NFL knew about this and didn't do anything, will it hurt them? Probably not. But it would damage the shield, the brand, right? Yeah. Now, does it convert into people turning off their televisions? That's it, t- it, it wouldn't for me. No. I... I would it would cause me to talk shit about them and mm-hmm. you know like you and I getting together when I'm talking to my players I think we'd have something to talk about mm-hmm. but man are, are my players not going to play are they not going to try and reach that dream am I going to turn off the TV on Sundays because that's what it's going to take to make real change yes is to get people to stop watching football and the NFL has proven they're more popular than ever right now when it comes to people eyeballs on screens exactly um yeah oh man it is and they've been in a lot right like think about this past year and all the like john gruden dan snyder just washington football team slash commanders in general yeah and isn't it funny funny is probably not the right word i don't know if ironic i I don't know if ironic is the right word either but think about convenient think about like all the attention that like henry ruggs got when he did what he did with the DUI. It's like players are just held to such a higher standard when they're just, I shouldn't say they're just people because they are, they should be held to somewhat of a higher standard. You're now a celebrity and a role model. Mm-hmm. There's but responsibility. Like, but like when that. players make a mistake, it's everywhere. And you remember when Goodell first was started, he was Darth Goodell. He came down with an iron fist. We need to clean up the image, you know, blah, blah, blah. Weird how when the owners do it, he doesn't have that same vigor mm-hmm. coming after them. Well, <clears throat> we'll see. We got three coaching spots left. We'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens when these documents hopefully get released. I want to see them. Yeah. Or, well, better put, I want someone else to see them and tell me what's in them. Release the <laughs> tapes. Yeah. I don't want to go through 600,000 emails. No. Um, no. Just give us the spark notes on it and let's continue. Yeah. Show me how big a POS yes. some of these people are and hopefully change happens all right real quick i got two other topics and then we'll run into a top five Mm -hmm. we can handle these together jimmy g garoppolo i think very clearly on the way out i saw a report that san francisco wants a second or a third round pick for jimmy g i think he's worth that however there is no chance in hell they get that because everybody knows they're going to cut him anyway so Mm -hmm. they have no leverage yep and then we got russ wilson who apparently wants the Seattle Seahawks to explore their options in a trade for him. That's for intriguing. The second year in a row. Yeah, that's intriguing. So I think the teams are likely 
the same. There's the handful of teams that are all going to be looking for a quarterback. We got Pittsburgh, Washington, New Orleans, Miami, Carolina, probably a couple others. Can I just say, is there a better time to be in the market for a quarterback than right now? Think about the veteran quarterbacks that are potentially going to be on the market today. Yeah, so you got Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, potentially Rodgers. There's been rumors that Vegas might be willing to move on from Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot yes, of movement. A lot uh, of movement. And potentially those are, and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, five. Those are five Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks, or could be. All veterans. All veterans. I mean, we're not talking about, no offense to Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater or some of those guys that moved no, last year. Just a different tier. Yeah, They're different tier different of quarterback. Tier. So the most interesting team to me, well, there's two actually. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. because they're a quarterback away from being good, and New Orleans. And New Orleans interesting is interesting to me just because what do they do from a salary cap standpoint? And who, like if you bring in Jimmy G at $25.7 million or whatever he's worth, New Orleans would now be $95 million over the cap. Like, does that work? I don't know. Like, I don't have a good understanding of like salary cap and like just like they would have to move on from so many pieces. And the problem that they're going to run into is they've, they've extended so many guys and offered them signing bonuses to move cap into future years that like they can't, they they almost can't cut some of these people because they'll have too much dead cap anyway and there's mm-hmm. no savings they are in deep deep trouble i think they're almost going to be stuck with Taysom hill um it would be a great landing spot for jimmy g to be in nola in in new orleans only only from the standpoint that like it's like have, the same team yeah you have a good defense you're surrounded by an offensive scheme that like i think he would thrive in Give the Ma- ball to Kamara 20 times a game. Michael Thomas runs slants. He runs short routes really, really well. Yeah. So you're not asking Jimmy G to like air the ball out. I think that scheme fits. Um, Plus you'd be in a really bad division. With a good defense. Yeah. Another market that wasn't on this list, Tampa. Yeah. Completely. With Brady we com- done. completely overlooked Tampa, didn't we? Yeah, they have a ton of question marks. I ran through that list with you last week. It's like they have like, a, I don't know how many it was, 10 out of 22 starters are going to be like unrestricted free agents this year. It's going to be a completely new team. So let, let me ask you this. So Jimmy G's on the move. He'll end up somewhere. Do you think Russ Wilson gets traded? Oh, man, what would that package have to... Like, we've talked about Rodgers, and we need, like, five first-round picks for Rodgers. Wilson's younger. He's coming off of a finger procedure. For anyone that's been watching the Pro Bowl skills, um, like, event, I just watched Russell Wilson, like, nail every single target that he threw at at this skills challenge. And I get it's not padded. Like, you're not in pads. You're in Hawaii. yeah. Yeah, like, you're... So, but, man... He's still got it. That finger looks healed, and he looks better than he did before. Uh, that package would have to be like... At least three firsts. Yes. Uh, Probably plus a player or two. It's it's very clear Russell Wilson is unhappy in Seattle. I, uh, I would trade for him straight up with Rodgers. Yes. Uh, with Seattle? Maybe. 
like if you're if Russell Wilson tells him like I I want out, mm-hmm. you get Rodgers for another year or two, chance to win a Super Bowl. You get, don't take a step back at all. And if you're the Packers, you turn the clock back five six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is because. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's Russell Wilson will. I think I think he. I mean, he's asking for the second year in a row. To me, it has to be for the right price, but I think they'll shop him. Man, if he went to Vegas and Rodgers goes to Denver, I was talking to Clint about this, you would have Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert all in the same division. Ridiculous. And then in the NFC South, you have, to be determined, Matt Ryan, Taysom Hill, and... Sam Darnold, question mark? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, how crazy is that? Um, I think he gets traded. And I think I think it's like Pete Carroll's last hurrah. Like, okay, let's trade him. Let's rebuild one more time. I mean, Pete Carroll's like 70, 71 years old. Mm-hmm. And then it's Pete Carroll's last chance to build a winner. Which is kind of crazy. It it it's, it it's, really is. I, I think it, I put myself like in John Schneider's shoes, the GM. You just you can't trade a quarterback. It's like you could spend the rest of your career trying to find his replacement. Cleveland, Cleveland, Chicago, Chicago, even Cincinnati before Joe Joe Burrow. Yes, I mean all these teams, the New York Jets, like think the Giants after Eli left. I know they've mm-hmm. only had Danny Dimes, but like. Like, think about that. Like, how many teams have been stuck in what I call quarterback purgatory? You're just constantly trying to find your franchise guy. Yeah. It's no good. Not a good place to be. All right. Interesting. Good times. We're going to have a lot. Like, even though the Super Bowl is next week and football is over, we're going to have plenty to talk about this spring. Plenty of content. Plenty to talk about this spring. All right. We got a top five lined up. We haven't done one in a while. Yeah. Kind of fallen off with all the predictions and whatnot so we got top five super bowls uh our top five games i think you and i are probably more in the modern area i don't know how much like if did you go back to super bowl 12 no (laughs) no i did not i didn't either um so we'll run through our top 25 or top five super bowls you want me to kick it off yeah go ahead start us off uh so my number five is super bowl 51 that is New England versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, that's the, tw- the famous 28-3 to three game. That's your number five. That's my number five. Um, you know, that game was a snoozer. It was 28-3 to three early in the third quarter. Yeah, everyone counted Snooze New England fast. out. The commercials sucked that year. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and then all of a sudden, here comes Tom, here comes the Patriots, and you could visibly see Matt Ryan's sphincter close up. Mm-hmm. And God, it was tough watching them just choke that game away. And then, and then it, you know, the the rest is history, as they say. And New England wins in overtime, which we don't get overtime too often in Super Bowls. No. Um. So that was kind of cool to see. And of course, New England wins it with a touchdown. I love that Belichick, like went for a touchdown how many teams do you see like get down and they just like waste time and kick a field goal not him boot on throat and press the gas even harder yep full throttle 
I think it'll be hard for anyone to have a bigger comeback. I mean, they came back down 25 in the second half. Mm-hmm. Best best comeback in Super Bowl history. Cementing even more Tom Brady's legacy. So as much as I hated it at the time because I didn't want New England to win another Super Bowl, and I have a lot of friends from Boston who I love talking shit to, um, but that's my number five. I love it. Uh, my number five, Steelers-Cardinals, 2009. Yeah, I got that on my list. Nice. Uh, just that, I mean, that that catch to seal the game. to a- San- Antonio Brown, wasn't Sa- it? Or was it San Antonio Holmes? San Antonio Holmes. Um, old money? No, Hines is old money. Was he fast money? Oh, he might have been fast money. Yep. Uh, because <laughs> uh, what was Antonio Brown? He was new money. He was new money. Yeah. New he money. was a rookie. Was he a rookie or second year guy? I think so. Uh, that Antonio Holmes. I forgot that. Name. Oh man, that that toe tap in the corner of the end zone. Do you know that was John Madden's last Super Bowl? I did not know that. Broadcasting. Wow. What a game to go out on. Yeah. The comebacks, the back and forth. The James Harrison 102-yard mm. interception return for a touchdown. Which is still a record for the longest play in Super Bowl history. Fun fact. Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was an awesome game. Uh, yeah, that, oh man. And like 30 seconds left to zip that in to win the game. That's exciting. Yep, great game. Uh, number four, uh, the helmet catch. 2008 did you, did you look at my list no that's my number is that, four is that yours too yep the helmet catch what what an incredible david tyree catch right like on the helmet you're covered eli manning let's let's be honest eli manning threw a prayer up and was just like yes. closed his eyes and was like i'm praying for the best here and came down and with he it. Got it uh and what can you beat Tom Brady any other way in a Super Bowl? He did it twice. I know. Isn't He's 2-0 and against Tom Brady in Super Bowls. Like, what? Like, we don't talk about that enough. Tom like, Brady gets a lot of credit for winning, but you're bringing up a good point. So Tom Brady is, do you play in 11 Super Bowls? Is he 7-4? and four? I know he has seven rings. I'm not sure he, how many appearances. He lost to the Giants twice, the Eagles once. He, he might be 7-3. Either way, so if he's seven and three, think about that. He's seven and one against people not named Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. Oh, and two against Eli. Yep, that's amazing. <laughs> and it's Eli, yeah, right? The guy like, eats crayons. Yes, like no offense to Eli, but he's just got that look on his face. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, is there somebody at home? Like inside? <laughs> I just like thought of like uh, the Catalina wine mixer, like where it's like I just want to punch you in your face. Yeah. Oh, is it? something i can work on no no No. it's just your face you just have a really punchable (laughs) face uh not that i want to punch you like but he just looks like you know like like you said no one's home although like i've really come to enjoy eli on the manning broadcast like yes he's he's got some personality and yeah two and oh against brady so that was my number four as well the helmet catch um my number three because we can just cruise along i had the steelers versus arizona um yeah, that game was that game was incredible. Who's your number three? Uh, number three. Oh man, I'm bad with numerals with Roman numerals. I don't know. Uh, the year two thousand, St. Louis Rams versus Tennessee. 
Tennessee. That's my number two, the Kevin Dyson play. Oh, the end of that game. And like greatest show on turf, right? Yes. St. Louis. And like anyone who wants like a historical, uh, historical perspective, that St. Louis Rams team, insane. Marshall Falk, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Kurt Warner. Yes. And Kurt Warner was a grocery store manager. Like th- th- yeah. these were these times, like you managed a grocery store and you could just, you had a cannon for an arm. Um, but yeah, that outstretched Kevin Dyson arm. Tennessee was what? A couple yards short. No, like, like half, half a, half a yard. yard from a Super Bowl win. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Dyson. And I think anybody who's listening can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was the same year that Tennessee got there with the Music City Miracle. Because I believe that yeah. was also Kevin You're right. Dyson. You're right. Um, so like to have like this miracle run and then to be stopped half a yard short. That's, I mean, career ending to somebody who's not like mentally like strong. Yes. What a game, though. What a game. Um, well, that was my number two. Who do you have for number two? It's, I'm, I'm a homer, so it's Packers. Packers win Super Bowl um, in 1997. Super Bowl 31. 31. Yeah, so, 96, 97, yep. right? So I was at that game. So You I did, went to that game. Yeah, so I'm a oh. homer, too. So I did number one as Super Bowl 31 and 45. I paired the two together. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um yeah, 31 was great because we beat the Patriots. That was the Bledsoe-led Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who the MVP of that game was? No. Who, Favre? Desmond Howard because he had the kick return for a touchdown. I, yeah, I believe right. he's the only special teams player to ever win a MVP for a Super Bowl. There's a fun fact for you. Wow. He also held the longest play in Super Bowl history until that James Harrison interception because his kick return was 99 yards um oh wow yeah so i was at that game little seven-year-old alex was in new orleans for that game at the superdome um no no better place to have a super bowl and watch brett Favre. yeah i mean Favre taking off his helmet and running on the field i mean that picture is still iconic yeah um yes what a wild game and then you had 40 i had 45 just because you know you gotta well and i had so i was 2011 i had just turned 21 so like your team makes the super bowl they beat the bears in the nfc championship game which was phenomenal they go to the super bowl they were a six seed that year i don't remember that oh yeah all Um, all away games all away games and then um the black eyed peas played that halftime game Mm-hmm. because I'll never forget uh, I Got a Feeling was like the song that the fucking broadcast played all the time. Every time I hear that song, I think of Super Bowl 45. And yeah, Rodgers takes down Big Ben and the Steelers. God. Is that your number one? Is 45 your number one? Uh, my number one. So you're not a complete homer. No. Unless no. you go Super Bowl one or two. No. No, no, no. <laughs> um, this is a recent one, but it's your number five. Oh, the New uh, England comeback. That, I mean, I remember starting to do, I, I was in grad school at the time. I started doing my, like, I had discussion posts due at midnight on that Sunday. And I was like, yeah, this game's over. I still had it on, but I just started doing my homework. And then slowly but surely, Tom Brady started chipping away. Uh, 
that just just to me i didn't give up on the super bowl which i loved but then to watch a competitor who's down x amount of points right like multiple scores going into halftime to refocus and then to come back to actually win that game that's that's remarkable and it shows like how the league perceived him because as soon as they started coming back you could tell new england believed and you could like almost feel atlanta like oh no oh no oh no oh no and then and then it happened tucking the tail between the legs and like yeah like you said like a lot of coaching decisions that like you just question and like yeah they got they, they yeah they got a little soft and a little conservative and Brady did Brady things. <clears throat> Honorable mention for this list that yeah. I was looking at, another New England game, the Seattle game with the Malcolm, but- Malcolm Butler interception on the goal line. Yeah. Think about, well, I mean, it helps when you've been in 10 Super Bowls or 11 Super Bowls, however many Brady's oh. been in. But like some of those games where then you, you could have went the Philly, the Philly special. Mm-hmm. Like there is so many good New England Super Bowls. Philly special was good. Yeah. The Seattle one was interesting because how do you not run the I, ball? Still, right? How do you not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch? There was a, I think it was a book I read. It was talking about the preparation of Belichick. They were like that package and that play they were practicing that in week one in the preseason. Like now I'm sure they're doing a lot of shit in the preseason because of course, of course, you're preparing but, for all scenarios, but to like know that a game could come down to this and that they're going to run this rub, you know, slant route mm-hmm. combination and to have your players ready for it. Like, that's, that was a wild ending to a Super Bowl. That's and that's just such a Belichick thing to do too, right? Like well, you're you just think, so prepared. Just like think about like as a sports fan, like you're like, oh my god, they're on the ball with the one yard line. Like, oh my god, Seattle's gonna win too. Oh my god, they threw it. Oh my god, it's picked. Oh my, like just like it's incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible. It's a roller coaster ride of emotion. Yes, <laughs> and you know what? Wasn't too upset the Seattle lost. Uh, no, same. Uh, being in Wisconsin, we have some we have some feelings, and we don't forget about certain games. No, the fail Mary, the NFC Championship game. We've had some yeah. bad games against Seattle. The fail Mary, yeah, the replacement. And I wish refs. that Russell Wilson would have went anywhere else because you yeah. know Russ, you know, had that great year at Wisconsin. He mm-hmm. kind of feels like a hometown guy, even though he was only here for a year. And but then still, watching them win. But still, he's one of the only quarterbacks to come out of Wisconsin, even though we only had him for a year. Um, to be successful he's undersized like underdog mentality so yeah i'm with you yeah i don't know what do you think about this super bowl before we sign off you think it's going to be an exciting one i think so i was glad um i was glad that the rams won i did not want to see like a cincinnati san francisco mm-hmm. i texted uh meet that if it was san francisco versus uh cincinnati that would be like the nba's milwaukee versus phoenix mm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. as Milwaukee fans were thrilled that the Bucks won last year, but I can't imagine the NBA was super pumped about having it, having that matchup. Um, so that's kind of how I would have felt about Cincy San Fran. Um, but now that it's Cincy LA, I think that'll be high scoring. I think the Rams have, I think they, they should be the favorite Cincinnati. They got to find a way to keep Burrow on his feet, but if they can, Burrow's dangerous, mm-hmm. and Chase is dangerous, and Mixon, they can put up some points. So 
I think the Rams are the better team, and you know, I'll I think they'll win, but I think it'll be a good game, and I think it'll be back and forth. Do you have an X factor in this game? Do you have like a Aaron Donald and uh, Von Miller? Because if they can get to Burrow without blitzing, and just keep him moving and you know on his back, which Cincinnati's got some offensive line question marks too. That's the that's the X factor. You hit the nail on the head. I 1,000% agree with you. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals versus the pass rushers on like LA's defense. Aaron Donald's healthy yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, Von Miller, you have um, Malcolm Brown. Like yeah. a lot of pass rushers that are that are ready to get after Burrow. And if they can force a couple turnovers, that's going to be the key. If Cincinnati, well, and the, on the other side, like Cincinnati's got a good defense too, and Stafford's like leading the league in interceptions this year. He's thrown like seventeen or eighteen picks. Mm-hmm. They got to take care of the ball on offense too. It'll be interesting to watch this game because the response from both quarterbacks. One is, I mean, Joe Burrow's great. Joe Shiesty is a great quarterback. Like, there's no denying it. But let's let's not forget he's a young, growing quarterback mm-hmm. that's playing in his first Super Bowl. Yes, he's used to winning, but so is Stafford. Exactly. And he spent 12 years in Detroit. I'm happy for Stafford. I've never had a problem with Stafford. And it's kind of cool to see him get this far after a year. Yeah, 100%. Like, very clearly a good fit with McVay, Cup, mm -hmm. that scheme. OBJ, who's had a great resurgence. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a fun game. And the thing I like about it is if either team gets down by, like, two touchdowns, they can both put up points in bunches. So Mm -hmm. I don't think either game – like. I don't think it'll be over at any point. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting. More, more to come on next week's podcast. I think. So too. I was uh, talking to Clint on this podcast last week, and he saw a tweet that said if OBJ scores in the first half, he could be performing at halftime. <laughs> I was like, how, how perfect is that? Because the stars will be out in LA. I'm actually super pumped for the halftime show. Eminem, Snoop, Dre. Oh, what a perfect halftime show in, in LA. LA. Yes. Wow. Interesting. That is, and and a good fit for OBJ too. I, I and I could totally see him running out, and like in the middle of it. Yep. Yep. Doing the to <laughs> pom pom, sir. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, I got. I think I got Elijah coming on this week, so you get Ooh. to hear from Elijah Reed, safety from South Dakota. Um, I think he's going to come on for the Wednesday episode and then those are good episodes. Your yeah. Clint episode with, with Clint, you guys got, got some good content. You guys talked a lot. Yeah. Well, good. and he's super easy to talk to, which makes stuff like that. Elijah, um, I think is, <clears throat> he wants to do like broadcasting. So I'm sure he'll be easy to talk to as well, which is always nice. And, uh, ow now brown cow. Yeah. <laughs> ow now brown cow. Um, so that'll be that'll be good. It'll be nice to have him on. You guys can hear from him. And yeah, we'll keep this going. And then you and I will do a Super Bowl Sunday episode. Mm-hmm. One game left. Are we going to do that live? Maybe. We'll figure I, it out. Yeah, I don't have any plans yet. Yeah. We'll have to see. <laughs> maybe we'll get Jordan on here. He was oh. down here. I don't know if you... Maybe it'll be interesting to go back and listen to this episode and see if you can hear any little voices in the background because he was, he was snooping around. He had a patient kid, by the way. Uh, sometimes. Was- three minutes uh luckily he's got no concept of time mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right y'all follow us on social media spread the episode spread the good word and we'll talk to y'all later yeah thanks for listening later guys